And we're back with episode 99 of the Panoramic Outdoors podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, we have a pretty interesting look into uh, some insights of our recent moose camp that we that we just came back from. And uh, we just came back yesterday after about, I was about 15 hours of travel altogether. Left our destination at around 3 a.m. And uh, I think I rolled in just after five so that's uh, 14 hours not too bad and uh joining me on the intro here is tristan tristan how's it going bud oh not bad just slowly picking away at all the the packing and stuff that uh or the unpacking i should say after the hunt and it's all it's always more than i remember it being so um but it's going nice nice um and what what's happening now we're back from moose camp um leading into camp was a lot of prep and stuff like that it's it's thanksgiving up here uh what 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 are your plans going forward here now oh just uh i i've been trying to decompress a little but i get the odd feeling that that's not going to happen and it's kind of just a return to all those obligations that get deferred when you're um, it'd be nice if everything went on pause when you went up north but they don't so you come home and things need fixing and Stuff needs unpacking and emails need answering, so it's uh, it's going to be right back to the grind, I think. Yeah, definitely no rest for the wicked, that's for sure. Any any hunting plans on the uh, on the immediate uh, outlook here? Uh, we'll see what comes together for the weekend, but uh, I think just the way the the parenting duties are shaping up, that I will be looking after Finn most of the weekend, so uh, oh, yeah. it might be tough to get out. Right on, right on. Um, I'm going to try and get out with my bow here maybe tomorrow night, thinking. I might try and get the boys out. It's supposed to be north wind, so I got a couple good spots that I can sit with the north wind with the kids and uh, hoping to get lucky. I I haven't drawn back yet on a deer with that new sight of mine that I got from Heights Outdoors. And I've been shooting with it as much as I can. And the other day, it's a, it's a sliding site. The other day, I was actually out to 100 yards and uh, doing some practicing out there, which which is something that I've wanted to do for years. And uh, this uh, black gold site that I got at Heights makes it super easy because of the slider, and it's got the automatic, it has the, uh, the uh, like, adjustments on it. So um, just super easy and... Not that I'm ever going to shoot at something at 100 yards, but I just I like practicing at longer distances, and I don't know, it's just it's just a lot of fun for me to shoot that far. So, uh, if you guys are interested in maybe picking up a sight, or I know it's past archery season here now, I believe um, for a lot of animals, head over to Heights Outdoors, grab whatever you need there, really, because not only are they a archery shop. They have a full gun desk, ammunition, reloading supplies, camouflage, targets, and everything an out a hunter will need in the woods. So check them out, Heights Outdoors. If you don't have time to head over to their shop in Winnipeg, head over to the website, heightsoutdoors.com. Ah, uh, 100 looks awesome, man. And I, I was actually surprised how tight your groups were at 100, no offense. Yeah, yeah. I definitely surprised myself with the first group and then... Uh, couple other groups went uh a little sloppier and it's it's uh 
you certainly notice the the little mistakes that you make out that far and it really hones your focus to uh, just really focus on the target and when exactly you should be releasing that that arrow totally i'm uh i'm wondering too uh like uh one of the things that we got going before before we headed up the camp there too i was on the the pit barrel cooker there you, everyone knows that we use those quite a bit and uh i i finally i forgot to tell you i finally got around to those turkey legs and like the turkey thighs Ooh. um would you make yeah I made a little, uh, I believe it's called a barbacoa, but I could be wrong. It was a, it was a meat eater recipe from Daniel Pruitt and, um, it, it turned out good, but that being said, I couldn't pay enough attention to it. I, I left them in the cooker overnight and I thought if I covered them, they'd be okay, but I lost just a little too much moisture. Um, and they, they dried out quite a bit. So what I did was I, I re-soaked them and, uh, boiled them down again again but uh it's definitely something i would try again but uh I, I just need a little bit more time to focus throughout the day so i'm i can watch it and not just kind of set it and let it go for uh you know 12 18 hours almost right right yeah it's a long long haul without having a peek at stuff yeah totally so well i, I was peeking in occasionally but uh by the time i i got around to it in the morning it just it wasn't there but uh I thought they were going to be like my Thanksgiving turkey tacos because we were kind of missing a lot of Thanksgiving this year because of Moose Camp. But yeah. um, almost got around to it fully, but not quite. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try to get in the pit barrel. Uh, I do love that cooker. The flavor did come out good. It just, it was a little dry. So yeah. Well, it's tougher with turkey, with wild wild turkeys as well too, right? Because they're, they're not quite as moist as a, as a normal regular turkey. Even the, the breasts and stuff like that, you know, you got to, kind of be creative with uh how to maintain the moisture in those things let's say yeah yeah exactly anyways if you if you want to slide into a pit barrel cooker and you haven't heard our past 98 episodes the best way way to do that is to go to pitbarrelcooker.com um, you can either buy one online there free shipping in the continental u.s and if you don't live there they have a whole list of spots where you can scoop one so be sure to check it out uh we had a few people inquiring about them last week and uh yeah we we uh we love using them just because they're simple easy and great value so thanks pit barrel and uh keep up the great product yeah no kidding um what would you say is one of the most beneficial things that you had on your hunt in moose camp here Ooh, you know what? I was thinking about this too. Um, and I'll, I'll flip the coin a little bit, unless you have something you wanted to talk about explicitly, but, um, go for it. No, um, I will acknowledge that we use the Leatherman a lot. And I, I think we made reference to that, but even, even thinking to the, the podcast that we're just about to air here. Um, one of the things I didn't acknowledge was, um, just, in packing for our gear and thinking about trips for the future, um, just about um, if you're going to be hunting from a boat, kind of that water management aspect. Um, and barring the the one kind of incident that we had, even just getting in and out of the boat on a regular basis or traversing rapids on a regular basis meant that you were getting wet. And it, it was really hard to dry stuff um, out in camp. So it was, uh, 
I just think that I would be thinking more creatively of how to stay dry because hunting wet the entire week is, is a tough thing to do. Thankfully that, that wool love that we had on, um, not only did it keep you warm when we were wet, um, but it also, it dried the fastest out of all the clothing that I had. So that may, that was actually like a real asset in camp. Like uh, my, my heavier gear just did not dry quickly. Mm-hmm. And that meant, that meant problems in the morning. My boots did not dry quickly. So that was again, problems in the morning. Eventually what I did was I made some improvised waders out of, uh, <laughs> out of my rain bib. And I literally just electrical taped those, those waiter or those, that rain bib to the boots. And I was actually able to get almost some water lockout. Yeah. So I could go, go up to my knees in water when I was going through the rapids and not get soaked instantly. I still got wet uh, after a while, but uh, no, the, the wool of served its purpose as far as I could tell. And I even took um, the, the little black toque there and put it under uh, my orange toque if it was really cold in the morning, for example. And that helped out a lot too. Nice. Yeah. No, their stuff is great. I, I had it on the entire trip. Went through a couple pairs of socks because uh, I did get a little wet. Not quite as wet as you though, because I think uh, you went right for it. I think you were wet from like pretty much the first morning when we launched into moose camp there right till the end <laughs> so you you had a guy with waiters in the boat though too that I makes did. a big difference so yeah uh, i sure. think i'd be bringing up waiters next time but, yeah uh we weren't sure how much we could pack so we we played it light and we paid for it um the the other thing that i i'll kind of uh, tip my hat to on the wool love front is uh, i think we put the antimicrobial kind of fabric to the test this week by virtually wearing it for a week straight without showering and working real hard and putting it through all kinds of muck and grub and distress. Yeah. So it stood the test. We'll say, um, there's some other gear that I would look at and maybe not either swap out or use differently next time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if you guys are interested in getting into some wool love and it, it, gives you that x factor whether you're in the backcountry or whether you're archery hunting early season and getting sweated up or in, if you're looking for some for late season head over to wool.love that's their website wool.love and uh, you can find all kinds of great stuff there apparel for the woods for your long johns they got socks underwear and they even have like a golf shirt type type deal for whether you want to take it to work or on the golf course and if uh if you're looking for some wolof bucks some free money from wolof shoot us a dm and uh we'll get you some headed your way you won't be disappointed um the other thing i wanted to to uh mention about this trip you know when i when i look back at some of the things that became the most useful obviously the leatherman was there the wolof was a key tool in in many ways but I spent a lot of time on my phone on iHunter looking where we're at and um, learning the terrain was a big one because this was an area that we have never been in before really. I've done a little bit of flying around there but I can't say I paid enough attention when I was in that area to actually learn um, some key areas. So with the with iHunter, we were actually able to download the maps in that area so we could access them when we weren't in cell reception. We could drop waypoints, and the, the cool thing is you could just learn the terrain. So after learning 
what certain areas look like on the map. You could tell the fringes of burns. You could, you could see old burns. You could see swamps. You could see old growth forests. And you could even see some rapids on the on the river and areas to watch out for. And we had other locations marked on there before we went into camp. And we had a heck of a lot of locations marked on there after where we had encounters with moose, where we've seen good moose sign, um, where we were heading fishing. And uh, I... I the biggest thing that we use it for it from what i can tell is just estimating how long it would take to travel and how much distance we covered on that river because a lot of the time when we were out there it was a it was a race against sunset for us and and we kind of needed to know if we stopped for five minutes were we going to get five minutes could we stop for half an hour or do we need to just stop stretch the legs refill the boat and keep going kind of thing so um that was probably one of the the best uh uses for eye hunter and uh i was on it multiple times a day just looking where we're where we're at where it could be a good calling spot and how long is it going to take us to get somewhere so definitely one of the most useful tools in our toolkit out there and it just it just loads right onto your cell phone so if you guys are interested in uh, trying out iHunter, you can download their app. Head over to web.ihunterapp.com. They also have the uh, like web, uh, web-based platform that you can pull up on your computer. So it's like Google Earth. And if you're interested in, in stepping into the public land owner subscription, we got a little discount for you. Panoramic 30 gets you 30% off that. And uh, don't forget to check out their landowner maps as well you're hunting down south yeah and I, I i use it for quite a bit out there too a lot of the same stuff that you identified chase but i was also started marking the rapids in the on the eye hunter so we could plan our routes a little better and then i also started i was almost at the point where i was going to mark rocks so if we had to travel at night um i knew when a you know a bad rock was coming up but i also figured that the water was so low this year that it's it might not be worth marking those rocks just because it's such an abnormal year. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe in the future, um, it would be worth marking those when it's back to kind of normal. Um, and the, the other thing that I wanted to share was that I, I finally left the GPS at home for the first time in like 10 years and just went straight eye hunter and it turned out fine. Um, I had a lot of confidence walking into the bush knowing that um, knowing that I can not only see where I was headed, I had my waypoints um, and I had, you know, a topo or like satellite image to go off of as well. Yeah. So um, I, I, I did bring my GPS and it, I had it on me the entire time and my backpack did not turn it on once. So yeah, yeah exactly. I had a compass for backup, but like uh, it was uh, eye hunter or compass. Um, so and the other thing I used it for too is I remember we were communicating via the sat phone because we had no, no uh, like cellular service up there, mm-hmm. and I was able to tell you, kind of my coordinates, just just out of the iHunter app. So if if things went real south, you knew where I was and I knew where you were, kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right on. Well, we are just passing on Thanksgiving weekend here. And we hope everyone is sitting down for some Thanksgiving supper. 
or had some Thanksgiving supper over the weekend here. And uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. Do you want to turn that lantern down one setting? Yeah, maybe we'll turn it down just a bit. Podcasting in the dark. (laughs) Oh man! So we just wrapped up day four. Moose camp Thursday night. It's Thursday night. We arrived on Tuesday or Monday. Friday night. Oh yeah, Tuesday morning. It's Friday Friday night. Friday night. night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. It's tough to keep Jay's blurry. It's been a a different kind of set up and run through camp but uh here we are we have half a day left of hunting pretty much before we got to be back and take down camp and get ready for our departure dylan's brushing his teeth for the hunter's time today <laughs> jamie's just getting some water ready for consumption consumed dropping pills in yeah I thought maybe we'd, we'd do a little recap of camp thus far, kind of how things are going. And, I mean, there was a lot of unknowns coming into it for us. And a lot of anxiety around a lot of things. Um, now that we, we're here, I feel like things went a lot smoother than we anticipated for the the getting here and getting ready, but there were certainly some other developments that <laughs> kind of arose throughout the trip. Um, so the trip up was not too bad. We had a couple issues, a couple of jerry cans broke on us. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. We managed to clean up all the gas, Yeah, which was a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> but when your entire vehicle and all its contents smell like... In Petro Canada. Yeah. Things have gone downhill for a little while. <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, when we got to Thompson, we all kind of had headaches, hey? Yeah. <laughs> so that, ha- that happened on <laughs> number 10 and in North. And it was Pisu Falls when you guys realized, right? Yeah. 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 It was not good. We left smelling like gas. And uh, also, I think I was worried that we were just going to turn into a mushroom cloud on the middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Be like Ghost Rider rolling down the highway to Moose Camp. We all hopped in the truck together, crossed ourselves, and then turned the ignition. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty wild. But we got that mediated, and, and, uh, and then we're off down the 280 to, to Gelm to catch the train. And, and uh, all the bars were closed in town, so we had nowhere to hang out. Yeah, we were pretty much... <laughs> We were pretty much homeless in Gillum for like four hours. Yeah. A good $15 sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Quick $15 sandwich. And then, uh, and then we were onto the train once we met up with Dylan. So Tristan, myself, Jason, and, and Jamie all traveled up together from the south, and Dylan was already up here. Rendezvous in, in Gillum. And, uh, I feel like we had a lot of gear to put on the train. You know, I was, I was really concerned that they weren't going to let us put it all on, but they were they were pretty accepting of the fact that we had a, a bunch of gear. And yeah, they were very accommodating. Yeah. yeah it was nice. I'm really glad I missed that Zoom call where you said no. 
sleeper, no, uh, no chairs. No chairs. Yeah. <laughs> None of us have camp chairs except Dylan. Yeah. And I was packing up, like, in my trailer before I left, and I'm like, I got a lot of stuff for one guy. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, no, these guys have, you know, the tent and all the cooking supplies. I'm like, I have a lot of stuff, and worked out good. Everything fit. We got mm-hmm. it all on the train. Got it here. Mm-hmm. And we did have a decent evening in Gillum too. Like we sat in a bar unserved for about thirty minutes, and then walked okay. around town. And we ended up. You hooked us up. Dylan found somewhere for us to go, and yeah, some local boys just hosted us. It was great. A yeah, lot of fun. Had a couple of pre-departure beverages. Ooh, yeah, just fine. Yeah. Then the train ride was fantastic. We were the only ones in that cart. Yeah. <laughs> Had the whole train cart to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. It was kind we of a... Slept for about... Had a nice sleep. It just rocked us to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Slept for about an hour before we got to camp. For all the excitement of the train ride dissipated. <laughs> we were able to sleep. We had a kick-ass... Uh, what do you call her? A stewardess? Julie? Yeah. Train stewardess? Train, train yeah. stewardess. Train host? Yeah. Mm. Real car host? Yeah, she's very common. She almost let me yeah. smoke on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you almost convinced her. <laughs> she thought about it, but that was great. And then uh, not long after that, we arrived here at great 2 o'clock on the button, 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Slid here, started unloading gear. And and, uh, and just that in itself is pretty cool. It's like you hop on the train. What are you doing? Yeah, we're going moose hunting. Okay, well. We'll stop at, they'll stop at any mile marker you want, mm-hmm. and they'll stop wherever. Yeah. They'll stop, boom, throw your mm-hmm. stuff off, and you're good to go. I remember yeah. the, uh, I think it was Julie, had asked us, where exactly do you guys want to stop on, at your location kind of thing? And we're just kind of like, oh, I don't know, wherever. <laughs> like, <laughs> wherever's good. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> whatever yeah. you guys think kind of thing. Yeah. So just past the bridge. Um, so they're also accommodating that way, but, uh, yeah. And then once we got here, it's kind of, a, a bit of a, a cluster to figure out how to set up camp and get everything kind of organized for the morning, but everything just kind of went places and tent got set up. I think that night we said, okay, we'll set up a temporary camp and move it tomorrow. And that it was, hasn't yeah. Moved. <laughs> yeah. 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 As soon as you get four cots and all our gear and a <laughs> stove, stove and yeah. Yeah, it's not moving. The the good thing about the spot we're at though is, I mean, there's it's flat, mm-hmm. yeah, and it accommodates all our gear and everything, and then we're able to just make it work. Short walk is, to the right? river. Short little walk to the river. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Take a couple, utilize a couple pieces of junk around here to help us out with camp. We got two field drums right now. <laughs> empty fuel drums this might not sound like the safest thing but one of them our cook stove is on, on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is our kind of prep and wash station so it's unique but we got we ended up getting set up by about 3 30 everyone was kind of crawling into their sleeping bags in the morning yeah did we start a fire that night yeah we did eh yeah it was cold yeah, yeah. yeah you guys complain every night. It's cold. <laughs> Dylan's a unique human. Yeah. Runs a little hotter. Everybody. Dylan is suited for the north. <laughs> but uh, the next day is when we hit the river. Yeah, and that's that's where 
the fun began. Yeah, we intended on doing most of our hunting and and spending most of our time, which obviously we did. Um, but day one came with his surprises for sure. Um, I, I think like firstly being the the obstacles on the river that we were dealing with the most, mm-hmm. which is the low water level. It's a low low water. In the last ten years, this is one of the lowest years I've ever seen it. Yeah. So, we spent pretty much the first two days learning the river, and the first day, you know, was a tough day. <laughs> we we spent the morning booting around. We actually split up the first morning, intending to hunt different different areas of the river, and then after... Cover we, more ground, right? Yeah, yeah. After we figured out that probably wasn't the best idea to be separated like that, mm-hmm. after hitting numerous rocks and and uh just the abuse the the boat and it's not because we're bad boat drivers it's just because it's unavoidable yeah yeah if you want (laughs) to if you want to float down this river you're gonna have to bounce off a couple rocks yeah we went up we hit a we hit a few rocks hard yeah wide open oh really oh yeah there was some in deep water that just came out like even yeah yeah there's some that are hiding like hit hard with the boat or hit hard with with the motor the motor yeah yeah yeah. But those, and I think when it hits hard with the motor, it just prop hits the skeg and just kicks it up. Kicks up. it yeah. up. Yeah. Which I've always been scared of, you know, put a hole in the bottom end and yeah. that's trip over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's actually another fella here hunting when we arrived who's got a trapping cabin up here. So, uh, I think his plans were to go south. So we, or no, he is to go east. Well, downriver. Downstream. 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 Yeah. We're heading upstream that afternoon. And uh, we pretty much went up as far as we could with enough time to turn around and head back down and make it back to camp before dark. Literally a spot that we stopped was our turnaround spot. We yeah. Like, okay, let's chill and, out here, throw some gas in the boat and or gas in the motor and... We'll head back. Yeah. And and the the famous last words were, I don't want to be doing this run in the dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here we are. We're on this nice little bend in the river, and there's a nice little, like, rock kind of beach that we're kind on. Kind of a flatter area. Yeah. And we haven't seen anything all day. No. It's been pretty quiet all day. And it is a very quiet day out of day. And we're we're BSing on the bank and and then uh, I I kind of sounded like a grunt and then we're still ch- chatting back and forth and I hear a second grunt and then I kind of look over and Jamie's just staring at me and I think that was a grunt and then it was kind of on everyone grabbed their guns and <laughs> here we go start calling and set and, up the firing squad yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this bull was hot to trot for about the first 10 minutes. Yeah. He would... Me, Jamie, and Tristan lined up, all three of us side by side. <laughs> Just guns pointed at the, yeah. where we could hear this moose thrashing in the trees. Yeah. Chase was started walking downstream. Yeah. Grabbed a paddle and was being willows and calling and heading further downstream. <sighs> Trying to pull the bull out a little bit further, but the bull was pretty worked up. He was grunting steady. Uh, pounding some willows, like Dylan said, and then he just went quiet and, and uh, 
didn't really give us much after that. You pulled them out? No. I sounded like he sounded like he broke a couple sticks back there, but after that he kinda so he started circling us. Yeah, sounded like he's circled us. And uh there's definitely some fresh tracks behind us that cross the river, so I think he just circled back trying to catch our wind and we could have stayed there till dark over. I think I don't know who it was, but somebody made the decision like we gotta go. Yeah. We gotta head back to Yeah. So we left about half hour or 40 minutes before dark, dark. Yeah. and we ended up boating probably halfway back in the dark in the, yeah <laughs> headlamps out yeah which is a task in itself because the the illusions of trees reflecting in the water in the night sky is like boating into yeah something that's never Unless, moving well your depth perception is just gone yeah at that point like you think you can see exactly yeah. where the shore is but you're not really sure until it's right there you can't yeah. see the depth of the water and anymore. also for you and me driving the boats we got chase and tristan who are both yeah <laughs> big men on campus big guys like <laughs> sitting in front of i'm us. trying to i'm trying to drive the boat I hold my headlamp out here to try and get some light around yeah. him well i was gonna say trying to see that's from my experience boating in the dark, which I don't have a ton of it, I would have I gave Tristan my flashlight because any glare on the boat in front of me just diminished my vision outside of the boat. Yeah, yeah. So you had him lit up, and yeah. if it was just him lighting up the way for you, that's why been... I was trying to hold it out. Yeah. Even sometimes I was holding it right on the water's edge right, just to right. get that to see if there was rocks. Yeah. I wanted it black for me, except for Tristan's spotlight. Which you're hundred percent right because when I wrote my big boat off. I was just staring at the screen, taking my graph, following my line, yeah, and not even looking where I was going, yeah, just following line and yeah. cracked a rock wide open. It's in September, coming back from moose hunting in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not only was the the challenges there of just navigating these these rapid and rock riddled waters, mm-hmm. you were also driving into this seems like a black hole of yeah trees and there's no light pollution for yeah. 100 you know 100 miles yeah. and water that what we say like at the deepest is maybe five feet in some spots yeah. but everywhere else yeah. like it averages three feet <clears throat> and then we're coming across spots where it gets as shallow as a foot four inches through yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah a lot of the water we dragged our boat through today was you know six inches yeah can you imagine though being a moose bedded down on the shoreline for the night and Seeing a backlit Sasquatch like rolling in on you, four four horsepower and it's banging off rock. Yeah, what is that devil? Come out of here! Every moose within twenty kilometers is gone. Yeah. So I think day one. I mean, we we obviously had some pretty good luck there, but our hopes were high. Hopes were high on the moose front. But obviously, we we still there was that the realization that these waters were not quite going to be as easily navigated. And we did not have any spare props. Yeah, no spare props, of course. (laughs) Um, Um, And I mean, I mean, do we really want to admit that we only have two paddles between the two of us, like the two boats? (laughs) We're just 
the way we packed, we're a little bit under-equipped in, yeah. in certain ways. Uh, I, I think that's because Chase forgot that. Fair game, yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot that. Oh, no. the paddles. Oh. Yeah, I was supposed <laughs> the to. The extra, you mean? Yeah, you the, the paddles. The paddles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second set you of paddles. forgot paddles three and four, not yeah. five and six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> But I did see another paddle behind Jimmy Shack, and there I did see one see in the paddle creek today. On the river today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so day two, what did we do? We went back upstream. We we're going to put in a full day, mm-hmm. head back up to where we seen or we had that encounter, and we mucked around up there, kind of walked into some areas, called, but it was windy and it was warm out during the day, and it took us two hours to get up there, pretty mm-hmm. much, and then. Uh, yeah, day one was dead calm. Like that's why I think day two was the only windy straight. day we've had. Yeah. 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 And uh yeah. Nothing nothing prevailed from that day. We went home, made we came back, we made it back in in the daylight and no moose action and kinda of disappointed. Mm-hmm. So and Jimmy went out that night. Oh right. Jimmy that, did go out yeah. that You went out that morning, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He spent yeah. the night out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Tegan, which we didn't know because Jimmy didn't come back at in the evening. Yeah, and we figured, oh, that's okay. Jimmy's yeah. got a camp down where he went fishing today. Because yeah, the night before when we were talking to him, he said he set up a prospector tent at the brook trout spot. Yeah, and then he also said, you know, he probably has sack comms if something goes wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jimmy's a man of the the woods. So we thought he'd have some redundancy built into his... Born and raised in Gillum. Yeah. But Jimmy... Turns out Jimmy's redundancy is just... Ah, somebody doesn't find me in 10 days, they'll send somebody. Yeah. Yeah. They don't hear from me in 10 days, I'm sure they'll send somebody. Yeah. There's a guy we were talking to the other night, like, had a pretty in-depth conversation, and he said, you know, back in the day, you'd spend 10 months in the bush and come to town for a couple months. Yeah. Head back to the bush. So yeah, so Jimmy's experience in in the wilderness is nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah, no, he, he's definitely an experienced woodsman. I think before we even came up here, I told you guys if I was ever trapped in the bush, I would want to be with Jimmy Lockhart. Yeah, yeah. So experienced trapper, hunter, and like you said, ten months out of the year he used to spend in the in the bush. So it was the concern. There was definitely concern about Jimmy, but for sure. The fact that it was Jimmy that was less <laughs> concerned. Yeah. More concerned that he had his, I don't know how old Tegan is, 12, 13, 14. Um, you think he is 15, yeah. maybe? Yeah, yeah. He had a son with him. And they ended up spending, well, he went down to the Brickshaw squad. And yeah. He's, but he's driving a 16-foot boat with a 20 on it. A little bit heavier. <sighs> boat. 20, just, 25. 25, yeah. yeah. Did you see Did you see their prop this morning when he drove by? Did, out of the uh, water? Pre-meet up. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's not much yeah. left in it. Yeah, and two, ref, like for comparison, we're in uh, what is it like a how long is our canoe? Seventeen foot, 17 foot flat canoe. bottom canoe and uh, six horse, uh, fifteen foot flat bottom sportsman canoe. It's a little bit wider than your standard canoe, and we're we are struggling through yeah. those rapids. Yeah, yeah. There was about two of the three blades on Jimmy's prop had about and they were half flat. of the half, half of the prop on them <laughs> really half of the blade and the other yeah. one was completely missing <laughs> it said so. it, it took him seven hours from where they slept to get back from where they slept yeah wow yeah. that's wild i can only imagine how much that 25 was vibrating oh man 
So that's, that's probably about 10 or 12 kilometers away from camp. Well, to be clear, that 25 doesn't have... The only modification on that 25 <laughs> isn't just, <laughs> yeah. just the prop. He's got a stick you for a hand. and sticks. Right. Yeah. There's a tiller <laughs> handle. Jimmy actually yeah, broke the tiller handle off, and he's got a couple of sticks wired up to it. Help him out. So, Wait, what they do? They just laid some spruce bells on the ground, started a fire, and wrapped a tarp over themselves and spent the night? Yeah. Oh, man, that was some chilly night. Mm-hmm. But they stuck it out. I, his, his son there was... When we came back the next night, he was already in bed. Yeah. Well, Jimmy said, "Oh, the next day, Jimmy said he slept till like noon or something." Yeah. 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 Well, Jimmy did. Yeah. 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 Well, I wonder why that was. Yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> There's a bit of debauchery that night. Down. We were all just happy for, back for a camp. number of reasons. <laughs> so day three brought its brought its own set of uh, issues for us. We we had uh, we had planned to go down. There's a, a brook trout fishing hole, probably about oh, it's over twenty kilometers as the river flows. Yeah, twenty river kilometers. Yeah, I think it's about sixteen as a crow flies. Yeah, because there's a lot of a little less, a lot of oxbows in between here and there. <laughs> <laughs> so we intended going down there on day three to go see how the fishing was, and then. Uh, we made it, oh, just about two-thirds of the way down. Yeah, two-thirds of the way, just over half. Yeah, and we, we got a stark reminder of how powerful the shallow river actually is <laughs> and how fast things can turn around for yeah. everybody. So another... Uh, just in the blink of an eye, eh? Yeah. Very quick. Yeah. yeah. Things change fast. The, the water didn't look fast either. Like, it was... It was it's, and it that's was dece- it's so deceiving. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're coming up, like all the all the rapids that you we had to step out. Like yeah. as soon as you you're going up and it seems so slow, but then you put your foot out, it's like whoa. Yeah, yeah. That water's actually walking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, running up your leg into yeah. your boot. Yeah. And then you got to grab the grab the boat. Yeah. So you, yeah, and you think it's not that deep. So like what yeah, like exactly. what can actually happen here? Yeah. But there's there's some power there. There's some force and and. Uh, I, I'm not gonna like. First of all, we were super gunned up to get to this brook trout spot. Yeah, we were flying. Yeah, yeah. we were excited. Like, and it was just gonna be a day of like we're gonna get some wins. We know this is we're gonna get yeah. harvest some protein. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're also worried about the amount of food we pack. Right. So yeah, the, yeah. The brook trout were an essential part of the the equation here. Um, World class fishery that we knew about. We got a late start to the day, yeah, which put a little pressure on us too. Yeah, and we were cruising, and uh, Jameson and I were trying to play it a little safer with the the prop through the rapids. Cause well, we were... and also you you can't you can't pin up your motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I mean, we it can once you get it up, like it doesn't pin up, but it stays in position well enough. Oh, you mean pin up and run it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so because every time, so every time you had to go up rapids, you were you had to hold. I know. Yeah, pull the prop so physically up higher out of the water if I can. Try to hold it while <laughs> also pushing down. <laughs> the I was gonna say that's even worse because the more power you give it, the more it wants to push down. Yeah, then you got to hold it up. Yeah, 
So we had found that we were running our motor and just slamming it over rocks more than we wanted to. Just let it drive. Let's just, let's just, instead of trying to drive through these rapids, I'll grab the paddle and we're just going to steer our way through. Again, I'll grab the paddle. We're sharing <laughs> our paddles. I don't know if it would have really made a difference. We, we just got caught up yeah. in the wrong flow and couldn't, yeah. couldn't get back on track. So I guess, that, yeah, so that's a bit of a trade-off there. Obviously, like, um, motors up, you're losing because you steering you, you, capabilities, exactly. Yeah, have great no steering rudder. capabilities yeah. there because all it takes with if your motor's running, it's just boom, yeah. One's it's, yeah, I don't know if you've ever ran rapids before, but it's like pretty remarkable how you can just play around and get around yeah. rocks, yeah. You can just In like slowly shimmy your way across yeah. the river yeah. and then boot up a little bit. <laughs> I've learned that. I've gotten way more comfortable. And now, sure. if I ever went do, did this again with, like, my brother and I want to do something, not not hunting, but a camping trip, canoeing kind of yeah. thing. If I, going into an experience like that, I would say, no, you have to, you have to have some kind of either steering capability, but also just the, the ability to drive and, and, and aim Zip your way around, through yeah. the rocks. Like, sh- shutting that motor off with only one paddle was probably the first bad decision we made. Oh, I'm sure there's lots of bad decisions we made, like <laughs> putting gas in old jerry cans was a bad decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those busted up all, all Don't of Don't blame that. that on jerry cans. Blame that on Highway 6. 10. Is that Highway 10? I thought it was 10, yeah. No, it's still Highway 6 all the way to Thompson, isn't it? It's all the way to Thompson. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Whatever, just south of Thompson. Yeah. It's <laughs> between Thompson and Pont and those bumps. Yeah. Get after Manitoba infrastructure. Good ones there. But yeah, so can I tell them what happened? Sure. Is that all right? Can sure. I take this one for a, a little ride? Sure, you got a story, man. <laughs> you can guess that 50 50 Tristan and I can pass it back and forth. 50-50. What ended up happening is we put the nose of our canoe about not quite dead center into a rock. Pretty much dead center. Enough dead center that it dead center. sent the back end to the left, and then the front end ended up going to the right, and water ended up pushing up against the side of the canoe as we're pinned against a rock which ended up pushing the canoe you know the the, not the leading edge the tailing edge down into the water we started scooping water and it's taking me way longer to even explain this than it all happened like in a blink of an eye we were sideways and wrapped water into rock standing in in our canoe four feet of or no three two two to three feet of water because we were up to our thighs yeah Mm -hmm. and quickest current we'd encountered to that point i would say because it was just where at a point where the river necked down to just a really there was shoot. Not i think much, i think yeah, that was one of the fastest yeah yeah we've been that, that we went through yeah. yeah especially because there was such a shoot to it mm-hmm. well the rock came up quick because like we we were focused on some other parts of that that section that's the first yeah. time we've seen it and then it was one of those that was just above the surface, so yeah. it was it was deceiving because the second time we went through there, from my perspective, and and this this was me going into this knowing that this rock was there. Mm-hmm. You get into a little bit of like a like a up and down flow. when you're in the haystacks. Yeah, and, even though they're only that, even though they're only haystacks, you know, a foot tall. Yeah, and that rock was just kind of right in the rhythm of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was. Yeah, exactly. it, it, so I didn't see it until we were almost on it. Yeah. Yeah. And those. So we hit it nose first, 
and I basically T-boned it in the same motion. Mm-hmm. Or like, got like T-boned. You, chase, you had a boat drive with us for Avalon Rapids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting on a motor this pin entire <laughs> week. <laughs> like, Miss Dixie while Dylan's driving everything. And I've just, I've just been totally criticizing. Oh, I would have went over there if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely a lot of times where, like, We've gone down rapids, and it's like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah. Uh, line. Yeah. yeah. But it is deceiving. It's easier. And this might sound crazy. This might sound counterproductive. But deeper, faster, bigger water, faster rapids mm-hmm. are way easier to shoot down. Because, well, we're also using bigger boats. But it's way easier to tell where the chute is. And, like, sure, there's, we've gone through, like, oh, I've taken boats, 14-foot boats through, like, haystacks like that. And you have to drive up them, but Dylan's, you can... Dylan is is gesturing two feet tall haystacks. Yeah, two, three, three feet tall. Two, three feet yeah. tall. But you can tell where the deep water is, and you just bum, 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 slowly work your way up. This, it's like, as soon as you start getting into, or pick the wrong line, then your motor starts crashing rocks and stalls out. Yeah, I guess and then you gotta jump out. And then you're turning right away and you're dealing with the water rocks. And, and like just what happened with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, your story, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, we got pinned sideways and that canoe basically tin canned around right. that rock. Yeah. Yeah, when I say wrapped, it wrapped. Yeah. yeah. Crumpled. It was pretty messed up. We we'd uh <clears throat> we were the second boat down the rapids, so yeah. Chase and Dylan were ahead of us. Thankfully Chase was paying attention and heard you guys yelling. Yeah, because we were just standing there trying to scoop some gear that we had. Because I would have just left yeah. you guys and gone to the brick trail spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our first aid kit and and uh, thermoses and a few other items were downriver already. We managed to grab our dry bag and our guns, and but there was no option to like start moving. No. It didn't seem like it. To no, me you guys anyway. were just standing there holding on to... Yeah. Uh, whatever you can uh, yeah. yeah you know and i'm i'm cl- near the shore bank but i'm looking i'm looking back into the chute that we were supposed to the ride through, and i can't get through that to get to the shore bank i know yeah. that going the other way is the better option but it was a fast current man. Yeah. yeah and you guys were thigh deep in that current too. yeah in just boots and pants <clears throat> yeah. yeah you know what i was doing i was sitting there looking at the canoe i was like our fucking hunt's over yeah yeah we're toast yeah we will be not only is our aunt over but Chase and Dylan gotta spend all day hauling our asses back upstream now mm-hmm. oh man at yeah. like a yeah when we we crawl. turned back and I took my jacket off and I walked out to you guys my first thought was well that boat's fucking staying here yeah <laughs> <laughs> when I seen the gash in it and I could only see the gash on the one side I didn't know it was gashed on both sides but yeah. it was crumpled in and I was like that boat's fucking staying here and then I think we, I walked back, and I think I might have said to Chase, like, so what's our game plan? I'm like, do I take these guys and head back up and come back for you? And we would have been, we would have been doing it all in the dark. This is while the boat was still wrapped yeah. in water? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it was, is a weird kind of, because my, my thought exactly was the same thing. I was like, that boat is fucked. Yeah. And. When we say crumpled, I mean, like, it was pushed in a foot. <laughs> well, the floor was pretty much level yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with, with the, the top yeah. rails. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was wrapped in half. Yeah, <clears throat> and and uh, in some heavy current, and you guys were soaked to your waist, pretty much. Yeah, my first thought was like, 
Okay, I need to get a fire going because it was a cooler morning, a yeah. bit of a breeze. And I was like, I don't want anyone getting like hypothermia. And that's super cool like that. that you and me just pulled in. The first thing you said was, I'll get a fire going. And I, I noticed that. And I, that. yeah, I, sorry to interrupt, but I loved that. Just because yeah. not only did that like calm me down, but it also allowed me to just kick into gear of like, okay, what do I got to do? And I think that just comes from experience of yeah. hunting and being in the north or like anything, growing up hunting, fishing, whatever. Fire is the basic necessity of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Jamie, I know you, you and I have had this conversation earlier in the week, too, about, like, just getting shit done with what you have. Yeah. And this is one of those moments where it's like, shit needs to happen right now. Ain't nothing to do it, but <laughs> to do it. Yeah. And what's the best way to get it done yeah. when you see it done first kind of thing. So it was like... <laughs> Stuff like this happens, it's not time to sit around and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So and then it was kind of like, what do we do now? Do we mobilize? Do we start shuttling people, or do we try and salvage something? And and the three of us, me, Jamie, Jamie and Tristan, went back out to the to the canoe boat just yeah. to try and get it off. And we, when we first start tried to move it, I was like, this thing is not coming off here. <laughs> and if it yeah. does, we're just gonna push it off, and it's gonna float downstream, tumble. Yeah. But yeah. we ended up dr- dragging it back to shore. Actually, fairly easy. A lot easier than I thought. It was once hard to pushed, get off that rock. Once we it was, pushed it off the exactly. other way, yeah. Found the proper fulcrum to push it off the rock. <laughs> yeah. I was worried, too, when we were pushing it, that we were going to introduce the wrong kind of pressure, and it was just going to explode into, like, a... <laughs> basically aluminum... Half a canoe. Con- yeah, yeah. Aluminum confetti all the way down the, <laughs> the stream. But we got it off. We got it to shore. And uh, I think you you went to go scoop some more of our stuff there, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and Chase mm-hmm. headed downstream to I think we were missing spark plugs. Yeah, oh yeah, my the boat kit, the yeah. boat kit, the, the yeah. first aid kit. And this we had a, we had two first aid kits, so yeah. I wasn't too concerned if we lost that one. Mm-hmm. But you guys scooped all our stuff, which was yeah, amazing. we never lost anything. We didn't lose yeah. anything. Like, some electronics like, got or yours yours got moderately damp. damp. Yeah. I think we lost one piece of wood that was the transom fix it. That's, That's right. It. Oh, was it? Huh. We never found that, and I seen that flow by. Didn't right? Care. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. we're good. <laughs> so I started bailing. Well, you guys were. Yeah, you guys. It, it, didn't, even, it didn't even occur to me to start bailing because I'm like, the boat's fucked. We're just leaving it, even yeah. though we got it off the rock. What's the point? Yeah. yeah. But and that's what's so cool is just do so, do do something. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I was bailing with my Nalgene bottle about a liter at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So things that were happening at this moment now, we've recovered all the gear. Jamie was... Jamie was working on the drying rack. Yeah, fast fixing up the drying rack, which was pretty cool. Tristan was bailing the boat out, and... I, I was probably sitting there brushing my teeth. You were brushing your teeth. <laughs> yeah, sure you were. He was. <laughs> you pulled your teeth your teeth. That's when I knew we were going to be okay. Yeah. Was brushing his teeth. Yeah. You guys got to see this guy's teeth. Like, they are straight and clean. So I don't blame him. <laughs> and then I think we were just working on the final touches for some firewood and whatever else needed to get done kind of thing. We are figuring stuff out and getting stuff organized. You know, it was not fun trying to be useful when you're just walking around miserable, like Donald the Duck, with Frankie <laughs> yeah, yeah. nothing on from the waist down. <laughs> There's I, a bit of a shock factor there too when yeah. when everything first goes down, where you're like, I'm sure you guys were more shocked than than we were. 
about the whole ordeal because it's more sure. traumatic to, to go through something like that. And it's yeah. like, oh shit. Me and Chase were still dry and warm. Yeah. Yeah. There was a moment, like when we, when Tristan walked up to me and we slapped hands and gave each other a half hug, just like, okay, we, we got out of this. We're all right. And then we cheersed our beers. And even now as I'm talking about it, there was a moment there where I was like, the emotion was starting to hit me. Like, fuck, I'm relieved. Yeah. 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 It was, it was like the time, the, the time to, the shock had kind of ended and it was like, okay, that was going to be more serious than we thought it was going to be. And I think that was, that was already after we had the boat patched. Probably. And that was a huge thing for me being like, okay, well, yeah, the boat's not fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the interesting part for me was when you, when Dylan went to go expand it again. Yeah. I was like, one of two things is going to happen here. It's going to pop back. So we had this wrinkled piece of aluminum, pretty much, yeah. that we pulled up on shore after Tristan finished bailing it out. Yeah. And Dylan just <laughs> curb stomped his <laughs> jump. I literally started jumping on it. <laughs> and it popped out. Yeah. I was like, I didn't do any more damage. Like, no. I was a little bit worried, like, when I started jumping on it. They would crease. It would crease some more or the cracks would get bigger. Yeah. And- no, it works perfectly. <laughs> or yeah. bend the wrong way or something, yeah. right? Like that's some good curb stomping practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I when when we first when Jameson was talking about like kind of his nervous moments there, like I think the one for me was when we first caught the rock and then went sideways and water started spilling in, and Jace uh-huh. had like flashbacks to like when we were moose hunting. Yeah, and I was like, oh. That's not good. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> and then, like, luckily we weren't in deep water. If we were in deep water, yeah. it would have been, it would have been bad. Yeah, we, we would have both just been floating downstream with our gear. Yeah. yeah, and it could happen too because, like, maybe not not quite this year, but like some of those other bigger rocks that are out of the water this year. You know, if you did the same thing on that mm-hmm. one in a high water year, it could be dangerous. But, mm-hmm. but like Dylan and I. The day previous, we're hung up on two rocks, and earlier that morning, we were hung up on a rock, too, so it... It like, happens. Yeah. Well, I was even thinking the risk is still high, even when you're coming back upstream. I was like, ah, oh, normally you can control where you're headed a little easier coming back upstream. Dude, upstream scares me. <laughs> but if your engine dies and you yeah. turn sideways... Yeah. that's that's why I, I don't said, mind I want to stop. It, I want to, like, I stop every so often to fill up the boat, or the motor again. Because I don't want the gas, or don't want the motor to run out of gas in the middle of the Cedar Rapids or something. Yeah, that happened once. 65 yards from camp here. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, we started working on getting that boat patched. And <laughs> to the rescue, goop. Yeah. Goop and gorilla so tape. We, so, we kind of hammered the, the crack straight with a couple rocks. Yeah, put a rock on cracks. the inside. Yeah. Put a rock on, one, on the inside and hammer from the outside to try and... Some water water mechanic on it. Try to marry them up as quick as close as they could get, and then we dried them out a little bit, dried off the cracks, put some goop on them, and then uh, they dragged had a little next, dragged it next to the fire to let yeah, the goop yeah. dry faster. And they, they cured pretty quick, and it slapped some gorilla tape on it, yeah. and then and goop, it sealed goop around the yeah. gorilla tape seams. <laughs> and it's held up. It's held. It's up. held up for a day and a half. Well, yeah. and I even saw as we were walking through rapids today, and Tristan was dragging it. I had my the punting pole trying to keep it away from the, the rocks and the shore, 
and a couple times we scraped when up. When he says project we... pole, he means a spruce tree that he cut yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I feel like I'm a fancy man from Venice, and I'm pushing our boat around. Um, Tristan's doing the Pontic pole, and Jameson's in the front seat playing his ukulele. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love is in the air tonight, okay? And no, but I saw down the rapids. We we rubbed we rubbed that gorilla tape and glue up against a couple rocks, and it held up. It held up. That. Yeah. You know what? I had I I'd gotten some of that stuff on my rain bibs, and. I was impressed, man, when I'm trying to pick it off of there. The goop? Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's stuck, and it's stretchy, and I, it took a lot to, like, try and get it off. It was... Did the goop break before it came off of the... Yeah, the so the, it, yeah. it was like, there was yeah. like a little strand on there, and it like... Yeah. That's the sign of a good yeah. product, when it doesn't pull off, and it actually, it breaks, the goop itself breaks before the seal lets go. Yeah. Like, that's impressive. Even, on my waders here. They got one spot. That's what that is. Goop. Dylan, this is a podcast, not a TV show. Come on. <laughs> okay, so let, let's just let's just go over quickly what we have in camp here that's goop right now. Yeah. We, we have the canoe, Dylan's waders, the tent we gooped when we got here. Half the cigarettes I smoke. <laughs> Half the cigarettes. Jamie's shoes are goops. Yeah. <laughs> so... Not all in the same day, but everything's also super it. lucky that those creases, like it didn't crease on the bottom. Yes, like, it could have creased right here yeah. instead of up, kind of up here. Yeah, I think that would have been a lot worse. Yeah. The one one thing we did forget is on day one, or maybe day two. I can't remember. You guys popped a rivet, right? <laughs> yeah. That was the first thing we goofed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ribbit popped out. We had this <laughs> chase notices that. a little, little pee hole. Yeah, we, a little we stream stopped. of water coming through. Just random, random stop. Yeah. It stretched the legs. So we shoved a little goop in there. And, and there's just like a, it was like a Popeye <laughs> cartoon where there's a stream of water <laughs> exactly. <shooting> up. <laughs> you guys had the old stick remedy there for a couple days. sticking through it. Yeah. yeah. With goop. And it worked for two yeah. days. And then I... They it popped out, night, and I eh? did it again. Well, goop and a stick again, yeah. though. But I did a bit of job up all day. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's unchanged. Yeah. So we end up patching up that canoe. Speaking of stretching the legs, that's one thing you should say is like we are <laughs> all pretty big guys, and we're sitting. Yeah. <laughs> eight yeah. hours today. Eight hours and six canoe. inches yeah. off the ground. Knees up to our tits. Yeah. yeah. Hip flexors have never been so tight. Yeah, it's not a comfortable. And not only that, it, like driving the boat, like you're always, you constantly, I don't know. For me, my mobility is not so good. So to be held like yeah. this, yeah. and then for you, like you having to have both arms back to hold the motor right. up, <laughs> like I don't know how you do it. Yeah. And I'm you're in the canoe, motor. which is tippier. I'm a I'm a healthy and very flexible man, so it helps. He's also single. <laughs> yeah, also single. <laughs> he does CrossFit. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard. Yeah. Oh, so we got dried out. Jamie's drying rack was full and worked quite well. I was impressed with how fast he fashioned that sucker up. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was really good. Zip ties and rope. Yeah. And then we got all the. Well, most of the goop cured. The thin stuff cured. The the thicker stuff was a little bit kind of 
smushy still, but we can make we're, decisions. We were there about back. a couple hours. I would say yeah, we three hours almost. Yeah, long enough yeah, to we have lunch and a nap. Get yeah. enough of our clothes dry, have some lunch, finish our beers. Yeah, and it was fall pretty sleep. It was pretty cool that morning, and then it ended up the sun came out and got mm-hmm. quite warm, so it was worked out in our favor. And then we, uh, yeah, we put that baby in the water and she floated. That was just yesterday. I can't believe it. It feels like a long time ago. Yeah. Well, today (laughs) was a marathon. That's feel a long time ago. And then, uh, yeah, we had a little celebration when we got back. Mm Talked to Jimmy about his recovery story. Jimmy was back. Jimmy was back, yeah. Thought he shot a moose. No, it turns out he was just stranded downstream. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We couldn't have helped him anyways, though, because by the time... Well, that was different days. That was different days. Yeah. That was the day before. Last, last yeah, night we went to bed. Early. We were sleeping by... Right. By yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's right. But, but even now. even the other day... But last night, Jimmy brought us over for spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. Spaghetti yeah. and meat sauce. Shout out to Jimmy. Nice. Real yeah. class act. Great host. Just... Yeah. I don't know if he was... He had to be expecting us to come over first spaghetti and meat sauce with the amount of spaghetti he had cooked. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we, we all filled our plates as much as we wanted to. He had a commercial pot full of spaghetti. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a commercial kitchen. Yeah. It was good, though. But it also helped the fact that we didn't pack enough food, which was yeah. <laughs> yeah. me yeah. planning meals and assuming we're going to have moose tenderloin at some point. Yeah. yeah, Tristan thinks twelve eggs for four guys is enough for three meals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was told not to pack for breakfast because we're not having breakfast in camp. I was we we're gonna eat bark and whiskey jacks for breakfast. <laughs> I'm not a big breakfast guy. I mean, I've just dropped the ball on that one, but nah, it's it's not chalk it up. It, it's been like we've been breakfast. out all day. We haven't been back for yeah. Like there was a, just the one day we had the. The big breakfast in camp. Yeah. Yeah. It's been all right eating oatmeal for breakfast. And then today we definitely didn't eat enough. No. Today was a long day. Yeah. So today we, we struck out very early. Crack it on. Well, we left we left by 8. We were up by 6.30, I think. Yeah. 6.15, Chase. Right. Yeah. Was up. Yeah. Chase was, was up getting everybody up. And our plan was to head back down. The Brookie spot, which was our goal yesterday. And the, the like, complex here is that we, we're also hunting all the way down. Like, we're in prime moose mm-hmm. habitat. And this and was the most beautiful morning. Fog was still on the river. Oh, ptarmigans were flying. Yeah, we've seen three flocks of ptarmigans on the way down. Yeah. Some ducks on the river. No wind, just perfect for calling. Yeah, it would, we, we did stop for a couple places and call for a little bit. Um, and we made it down to the Brookie spot, unscathed. Three hours, took us to get downriver. And, I don't know, I was I was feeling good about getting down there. I was, I was frozen I was by the time I got there, actually. Mm. You were what? I was frozen by the time really? I got there. I was, yeah, I was chilly. Nice cold around the bow. Yeah. You're also just sitting there not doing anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we got to the spot and had a sandwich, <laughs> got the gear ready. Got the rods rigged up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was 
you really couldn't have asked for a better day to be tossing a fly on the water. Yeah. And I think Dylan caught the first one. Tristan got a pike. <laughs> In the brook shot yeah. hole. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It, it took it took a few casts to get into him because what what I'd heard about this place was it's supposed to be magical and lights out. And but we from where we parked the boats, you and me started kind of yeah. Chase said we always did best up there, mm-hmm. but it, I think kind of you you get to a spot and you're like, oh well, it all looks so good, so we're gonna start fishing, like work mm-hmm. maybe work our way up and get to the spot. Then I walked up and I was like. Yeah. I can see Brookie here, Brookie. Like, I'm looking at a dozen Brookies right now, and I called all you guys up. Yeah. yeah. I remember we were walking up, and uh, Dylan says, Chase, get up here. He's like, look at this. And I was like, you could just see the brook trout in the water stacked up. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was like a video game. Like, they, the only time I've ever had the experience of looking in water and, and finding, the, you know, those horizontal shadows, sight fishing. Yeah is literally when we had a uh, fishing computer game where you had to, like, kind of pick them out. And yeah. That's the only time I've ever been able to... Like, it's always just been drop the drop the jig to the bottom and and just mm-hmm. hope and pray yeah. and try to... Yeah. It's so the, cool. The fact that we're sight fishing brook trout is this might be one of the only places in the world fairly easily... Well, not fairly easily, but accessible that you can do that because... We have buddies out on the East Coast that guide for brookies, and they get huge brookies out there. Mm-hmm. And that's all casting to, like what I told you guys, behind rocks, fishing in rapids, and that's just, you're not sight fishing them. And, like, anywhere I've ever caught brookies before, Island Lake River, mm-hmm. you're not sight fishing them. You're casting to where brookies are supposed to be. And you cast your fly in there and boom, hammer them. Mm-hmm. But these are like... <laughs> You, you pick your fish. It. Yeah, you trying to yeah. Dra- yeah. yeah drag the fly past oh. their nose. I I had two that I was playing like near the end of our yeah. our day. I had two that were just sitting there. And I just kept dragging it past. I had one follow, and like, yeah. it was it's so cool. You're pulling it away from smaller ones and going for yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. We had a one for sure triple header on the go. We had a multiple double headers. Multiple, yeah. Mm-hmm. Throughout today, we, 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 add... we didn't even bring the third fly rod out no, till like see. yeah the last quarter of the. We're gonna have triple adders all morning. Yeah, for sure. Fly rod out because it was just that easy. It was every single cast. I wasn't even calling my casts. They're calling my hook sets. Yeah, Dylan caught the first fish on his second cast, and then after that, he was just cast, strip, strip, strip. Come on home, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Strip, strip, strip. Bite, set the hook. Yeah. Well, and it was silly because even sometimes you just flip a little line out so that you could get set up <laughs> right and then you got a fish on yeah, yeah. it's like i wanted to cast not just pulling it <laughs> and so dylan these brook trout are, are special not just because they're they're so big and you can sight fish them but like these are because they're sea run these are sea run I don't, I don't know if they're sea run or they're no they're not coasters they're sea run so that means every every winter every so now they just spawn and now they're going to head back to Hudson Bay, down the however many miles it is back to the Nelson River, and mm-hmm. head down the Nelson to the Hudson Bay and do it all again next year. I yeah. love that you described, Dylan, I love that you described it accessible, relatively accessible fishing. <laughs> all it takes is a 13-hour drive, a yeah. two-and-a-half-hour train ride, 
get off in the middle of the night in a three-hour boat ride through rapids yeah. to get to get like two hours of fishing in because then you got a five-hour ride back up river yeah, yeah. well yes I, I guess i just consider that because i lived in gillum for yeah 10 years yeah and, you know for me i could have hopped the train and came up here but you're not wrong because now for me having been here i'm like oh this is accessible this is world-class yeah. fishing that 100%. i that i can yeah. just take my dad to you know yeah. like it's it's so cool so it's not easy but anything worth doing usually is an easy race exactly yeah. so we we needless to say we had a world-class experience today on the water mm -hmm. but the, was, there's not many places where you can catch this fish right like i can't catch sea run brook trout no yeah. Because I, I consider native brook trout, like, they're up here, and stock brook trout are down here. Mm -hmm. Stock brookies are cool, but, you know, maybe I'm just being so spoiled living up here. No, I think, no, it's, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And they they super colorful, oh. huge fish. Yeah. yeah. You, like, catch, you catch stock brookies, they all look the same, right? And you could tell, how many times did you see that? You could definitely tell the difference between a male and a hen. And like there was even the color patterns on like you get some with a real dark belly. Yeah. Those are the, the ones with the real dark belly. Those are the ones that have spent the summer in the river because they don't go back to the Hudson Bay every single year. So if they have a real dark, like a real, I've seen some with like a completely black belly. That's when they've spent the summer in the river, belly on bottom, just hoping to not get yeah eaten by an eagle. Because when they go back to the sea, they turn silver. Right? Yeah, they turn silver. Yeah. Well, a couple of them are just flat dark yeah chase caught that yeah. one that was completely dark well, so that's the, one that hasn't gone back to hudson yeah. bay okay yeah cool generally yeah and there was some big trout caught too today yeah like how you we caught, all pulled in a master oh pulled, <laughs> we I pulled mean, in a lot of masters yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that one i caught was all of 23 possibly 24 yeah that was a big fish it was a real big fish yeah, and that one i fish. seen the one i was targeting was bigger than that is that right? Yeah. And it was cool. I've only caught one fish like that before, one brookie, where it was, there was no black on it. And I could tell, like I said right away, it looked like your hat. It was just all orange, all red, hmm. the entire fish. Huh. Cool. It looked like your hat. Almost like a char. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's wild. The, my favorite part about brookies is like, like the the colors on that fish is like nothing else mm -hmm. that you'll ever see in the fishing world. Yeah, pretty much. And it's super cool. What about them is even though they're so colorful, their backs are still vermiculated to hide them so that eagles can't see them. Yeah, hmm. which is wild. Yeah, but then we stand on the shore and all you can see is what you say. You even told Jamie, look for the fins. Yeah, because all their fins are. The tips are just pure white. Pure right. white. Whiter than my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. And if you guys have never seen a brook trout before that are listening, it's... In my dark, opinion, it's the most beautiful fish in the world. With like, it's almost like a, yeah, that vermiculated you said, yeah. or like tiger pattern almost. Yeah. On it. With like some mixed greens and silvers in there. And then there's these dots. There's dark dots on them, but yeah. there's also these other dots that are like blue halos blue halos with red centers mm -hmm. yeah and some of them are more uh distinguished than others 
And plus, actually, plus they have a red belly on them. Yeah. Lots of them. Like, there's some that are fire engine red. There's some that are just like a pale orange or like a dusty orange, mud orange. And then some you get are just black belly. Mm-hmm. It's so cool, the difference between them. Yeah. I think we were grinning like idiots every time one of us would pull one of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just staring at the like the unique beauty of each of these yeah. fish. It was unbelievable. I, I made it a thing when I was out there today just to like look and and just take You definitely every, took some time watching the three of us fish. Yeah. And soaked it all in and did some filming. But just watching it and soaking it in and we talked about that. Yeah. The big thing for me was like I didn't want to go there and be disappointed. And I love the fact that it was more than you could have ever asked for. Yeah. <laughs> just it was that that is the best fishing that I've ever experienced there as well. Like I've, I've wow. been to that spot before. And that fact that you two guys were there to yeah. experience this day and just that it was an amazing day. And we got to spend some time there, hang out and really soak it in was was awesome. Well, and Jameson's first time fly fishing. Yeah. And he's <laughs> hammering Master Angling book shows. Oh yeah. He's hooked now, man. Doing everything I can to copy, to emulate Dylan. Like, try to pick up all the details. Okay, where did he stuck his rod as he's trying to pull the fish out? Because Dylan, who's now left the tent to grab some stuff. Dylan is like, I mean, you guys all know this. I'm more new to him than you and all your listeners. But just, like, a wealth of knowledge. There's... There's so much knowledge and experience there that I was just, I was so happy that if you're going to learn from someone, yeah, learn from the best. That, like, yeah. who gets that kind of opportunity? Dylan is definitely like Mr. Brook Trout Manitoba. Yeah. Dare to say. Um, he also took a nap on the bank. Yeah. yeah. He takes a nap <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Dylan, the man who brushes his teeth and then falls asleep wherever he wants to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome being out there and having that experience today. And we uh we we took took brought a few home with us. And uh we probably fished just a little bit longer than we should have, but you know, we, we got out of there kinda in the nick of time. We fished maybe like ten minutes longer than we should have. <laughs> based on when we got back <laughs> and we yeah so we got back we had, we had intended only fishing for an hour I think we fished for like over two hours and uh which is fine in the end and and we made the the five hour trip back upstream <clears throat> well we we hadn't seen a moose since we heard that one I just want to pause you guys right here I just went outside to the bathroom and the stars are so bright out. You can see the Milky Way right over top oh, of us. Oh, nice. Look at the camera out after like, this. With a naked eye. And, That's hey, awesome. Hey, we, we had the Northern Lights the first night, too, eh? Yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah. That was beautiful. It's definitely the clearest night we've had. Like, the stars are just beautiful. Cool. But, uh, yeah, and I, I was saying, like, we hadn't seen a moose since our first encounter there. And yeah. we had put a lot of miles on the river. And so I, I felt like the, the brookie thing coming to fruition the way he did I was like okay I'm not gonna kick and scream to get out of here I'm gonna sit here and enjoy it and mm-hmm. it felt I'm good yeah. I'm taking this W yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and it was just such a nice day like to, yeah. to be chucking bugs like, for yeah. sure yeah. the other character was I went for a little walk 
downstream. And there was a set of moose tracks there that were pretty much still steaming. Ugh. Holy. But that would have been another adventure in itself. We would still be oh, out there. Yeah. 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 We wouldn't be doing this podcast yeah. right Well, now. and knowing what I know now, it might have been a overnight situation. 100%. Yeah. 100% would have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we, we were... got back, what, like, just as Legal Light would have been yeah. ending or probably maybe slightly after, later. Yeah. 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 So it would have been crazy. That would have been an on-the-spot decision, either. It would have been a lot better just to quarter it up there, spend the night there, because because to come back all the way here. Oh yeah, well, we would spend the night here, way. Yeah. and then go back yeah. again. And I think we would have been texting J Rock to see exactly when he's thinking yeah. of stopping by. Yeah. You want to pick up a moose for us? <laughs> yeah, there was. Uh, we would have. We were. We were already there. on like pieces of props we're missing, and and it was going to be a struggle to get back. Camp as yeah. it was, so I don't even know what would have happened there, mm-hmm. but it would have been an adventure, that's for sure. Yeah, because our, our canoe's working great now, except the motor keeps wanting to fall off, and we've burnt a the, the gear is just <laughs> I don't know enough about motors, except that it's driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, the river you said has you're gonna go home and do a lot of research on it. I need to know, yeah, <laughs> the river's definitely been hard on equipment. There's no no question there. Well, and that's just part of life in the north. Yeah. Like you, living up here, it's harsh yeah. conditions, harsh <laughs> elements, and <clears throat> stuff happens in the blink of an eye, and you just got to roll with punches, and mm-hmm. it's hard on stuff. That's been my biggest learning experience being up here and hunting here for this way. has been like, normally when I go to hunt camps, like, I'm thinking elk hunting here specifically. Um, normally it's like the challenge is, okay, can I be in the field long enough to be in the right spot to get an encounter with an elk? Or can I put myself in the right situation where the wind's coming from the right direction to, to have this elk come in? Up here, it feels like, can my shit last long enough for us to see a moose? Or do I have enough spare parts to, like... Exactly. Keep there's this? there's a huge difference between hunting in the south and hunting in the north. Yeah. Even life in the north. Yeah. And I think you guys got a good feeling of that, talking with Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Talking, what do you say, like... He took two sleds and, like, just slapped together. Yeah. Made a new one. Yeah. <laughs> two different models. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think he took a tundra top and put a Scandic bottom, like, yeah, and said, uh, I put 6,000k on it that winter. Yeah, <laughs> checking traps. This is definitely different, and I'm glad to, you know, like, you experienced life in the north mm-hmm. a lot working in Churchill and even in Gillum. Mm-hmm. I fully yeah, thought sweet. we were gonna get back. In about four hours, though, because there was a few stretches coming upstream where, and Jimmy had said, there's a few straightaways there you can just cruise through. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was looking forward to that. Unfortunately, by then, our bottom end was starting to slip. <laughs> yeah. So we were basically, anytime we'd hit a rock or something like that, um, there was a few rocks hiding in those straightaways as well. And we yeah, banged yeah. wide open. Yeah, yeah I did yeah. too. We were just sitting there, just like content. Yeah. Bang! Out of nowhere. Yeah. So, and definitely, like, I could tell, you know, like, 
the first day we were going upstream wide open blue. I felt like we were flying. Yeah. Today, it's like, we were just barely puddling. Oh, I know. Well, and nice then heavy froth. Yeah, out of nowhere, like, I was, you know, somewhat kind of getting worried about where you guys were, but I was to the point where I was like, we got to just make it back to camp and get ourselves squared up. Yeah. And then here comes you guys. Flew by us, like, left us in your dust. Well, when I could get that deer to grab, man, we, we've we got a couple miles an hour on you, but... Oh, more than a couple miles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were flying. <laughs> that thing was ripping. Yeah. That was unreal. And then about 200 yards later, I hit a rock and, yeah. oh, no more deer. You guys yeah. come by me again. That was one of the most exhausting things on the trip was, is, like... The anxiety of is what? the next rock going to wipe out the prop, and yeah. where's the next rock that I have to avoid? Yeah. Finally, take off one yeah. blade or something. Yeah, and then I'm always like trying to look for rocks, but also trying to look for moose at the yeah. same time yeah. on the banks. That's and stressful. Like, yeah, just you're constantly engaged. Yeah, the exactly. entire time yeah. you're on the There's water. There's no relaxation. Yeah. No. I pull. I pulled my phone out every now, like every now and then, to check um, Eye Hunter and just check time. Um, oh, I barely moved. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but other and and it's like quickly take it out, but you got to be watching like everything. Exactly. Like, especially sitting in the back, you got the tiller, and I'm you know dealing with the gear, and I'm worried too about our our gooped up stick hole getting rubbed off yeah. the bottom and we got water coming You're in. You're trying to play the ukulele for Tristan. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I would say the boats we have are better suited for this situation compared to if we had a 16 foot with a 25 on it mm -hmm. because we can't go fast enough that when we smash rocks, we're going to completely... It's true. Bang up the props. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's like Jimmy right. made one trip and he's he's got nothing left. That's the exact same thought I had today as, as well. Because well, and we're not pushing as much boat, right? Exactly. Get this off here. The how many sets of rapids do you think we we pass to get to that rapid spot? A dozen, fifteen? No, more? way more than that. How many how many times did you get out of the boat? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like Twenty. You got out of the boat at least twenty times, and that that's just like the shallower rap. And you can see, even see like the the quicker, faster water moving rapids with the bigger haystacks. Those yeah. are the ones you can drive up because it's deeper water. Yeah, they're a little bit sketchier. Right. But Especially the, for me, who like I didn't have enough, I didn't have enough thrust to get through those just yeah. barely. Yeah. So Tristan would be helping paddle, and then if I hit anything, we're losing, for we're sure. losing momentum, and then we're going backwards yeah. and turning sideways into a haystack or into a rock or something like that. That's why, like, stressful. if the water was two feet higher, it'd be so much better because oh, yeah. the haystacks would be bigger, it would be faster moving water, and like we'd still have full props. Yeah, <laughs> it would be different because so when like in those. Like, say there's a chute here, like this. You always want to try and slide in, but, like, it's weird coming up the side of it, and then you have to slide into... Yeah. You have to slide so into moves, the haystack. So what what Dylan's kind of, uh, kind of demonstrated right now is how to go up a chute, and you're not supposed to go right up the center. You're supposed to come up on the calmer water and then slide in before you hit so the yeah, bottom. So you're sliding into the middle of the haystack, so sometimes that's yeah. tough. Yeah. Like, you... 
come up, and then as soon as you slide in, your your nose does this, mm-hmm. and then you have to hammer it yeah. and get yourself back situated and head back up. Yeah. So Dylan is an experienced uh, river boater on smaller rivers with heavy rapids. Yeah. He's done lots of brook trout fishing up in the north on remote locations, and uh, Jamie's coming in at this as... Is this your first time running rivers like this? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm like experienced with all the equipment. I've driven enough boats. I was, you know, yeah. I've been driving a boat since I was 13. Yeah. Um, but as far as this kind of river navigation, absolutely a newbie. And the last three days have been this incredible crash course of like learning, learning water and, and even the things that you're describing, mm-hmm. it's really been cool to, to get, to, to get river. better. I've noticed, I mean, I got better going downstream and then as soon as you start dealing with all the complications of the boat and the yeah, motor, yeah. it just, it, it made it so much more difficult reading water going upstream. Um, but it's been really, it's been fun even just noticing my own, com- you know, progression or just I'm gets, getting more comfortable. Some confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you gain some confidence, but you also you gain some confidence because you start making the right moves and you and see like, and you see Fuck yeah, I did the right thing. Yeah. yeah, I picked the right line. Yeah, yeah. like in, in, the, in the same way that you can stand on the bank and you were spotting all those trout, and I stand up there and I'm like, I haven't got a clue what I'm looking at. Yeah, I those two people three days apart on the river, I like had no clue what I was looking at on day one. I'd see swirls, and I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna go there, but I don't really know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And now I'm like, I know what's coming based For on sure. if you can see the water and what it's doing. Any kind of disturbance yeah. on flat water is bad news. Yeah. So we're going into day five here. We had a couple shoots, though, where we. Sorry, Chase. What? We had a couple shoots where they were just kind of like flat all the way across and we just kind of looked at each other and shrugged and said okay let's hit this yeah. thing in the middle yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah fingers crossed let's hope for the best <laughs> yeah so there's a few that were still a little tough to read i think yeah where there was where it was like shallow on one side you could you could always see the fast water though and the yeah. fast water the fast calm water seemed like you know if you get in there and you just ride it through and yeah it was it's cool. It's been fun. Yeah. There's definitely some, some learning to the uniqueness of each set of rapids as mm-hmm. well that when the water is this low that, you know, you have to pay attention to. Yeah. Like you said this morning to me, like, why do you always take the banks? Wide. Why do you always take the bends wide? Yeah. And I said, it's like a generalization, but generally on the, even on the slow wide bends, that's where you're going to be the deepest water. Yeah. But then on these, some of these bends it's like you get too far and then it's shallow yeah and you start hammering rocks yeah so like like chase just said every rapids is different just as every bend is different you just have to learn how to read the water yeah yeah i assumed it was either either you were get you were just wanting to get a better angle around the corner for vision so that chase yeah. had a, like a better sight line if we did see a moose i think but i think it made you probably you probably noticed it after that is you go wide on the bend because the water will slow on the inside of that bend, yeah, and there'll be that's where all the rocks. Well, if you just think of the if you just think of the river running in a straight line, it's going to hit the far end of the bend first, and that's where it's the carve is that be. out exactly, and and drop off the sediment behind you. Yeah, yeah. So day five tomorrow, we got half a day left. 
I'm, I'm curious to what you guys' thoughts are on the whole trip and and kind of like the few things that you're taking away from this, a few kind of lessons. Tristan, you want to start? Yeah, like we had, I feel like we had underpacked a little and that was not just, we were trying to pack lean because we weren't sure what we could all fit on the train. Um, but I would definitely amp up certain redundancies come mm-hmm. next trip, like better, uh, more props being one of them. Yeah. Um, like, and, uh, a better boat patch kit, honestly, because it's like if you, like I mean, goop and uh, and goop and gorilla tape. gorilla tape actually work surprisingly well. But if you had a, a sizable hole out of the boat, obviously it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't work that way. And well, no, it worked fine. You just put the gorilla tape on first, and then multiple layers. Of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and I think another lesson was just like, well, I'll ask you guys this then. Because, like, I got a lesson that came out of this, again, unfortunately. But, like, I've replayed that moose encounter in my head about 150 times now. Mm-hmm. And, like, what... Is there anything you guys would do differently in that scenario? Like, because we're fighting a few factors, right? We didn't know where the moose was coming from precisely. Um, we had to get organized quickly. And we're running out of daylight, most importantly, right? Yeah. The thing, the thing with that situation, too, is, like, we weren't exactly setting up to anticipate a moose encounter so we were on a, like an ideal situ- spot in the river where the moose would actually come down to uh, have the encounter with us on the river yeah yeah right the banks were pretty steep all the way around there so <clears throat> the we were hoping that he would come straight, straight to us yeah. yeah we were hoping he was gonna come break the tree line and just walk along one of those trails that yeah. just like kind of along the wool line in the in the in the main like uh forest line yeah um so that was there and i think just probably more communication of what should happen when kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah jimmy like- jimmy made a good point the other night when and and it some of the stuff does it, it's tough to like it'd be like verbal diarrhea if you were to like just lay it all out there i feel like sometimes but like when we got chatting with jimmy around uh, the other night and, and we were telling him what happened and he kind of said, you know, those situations, you just, when the moose is coming in and then he goes quiet, you guys just got to just sit still and not move a muscle pretty much. He was, he was demonstrating physically what to do and he was like and that's in a I said fetal Jamie, position I pretty much. I was like, before you even said that, I was going to say me and Jamie probably did the wrong thing. I, I did the wrong thing, I think, by walking up. I was, because I don't have a lot of patience yeah and so i oh, walked yeah. up into the bush because i was like oh it looks looks like it opens up in there uh-huh. and, we and i called you up and then we walked in there yeah but even just like the little movements that that were happening like yeah like um you taking off your jacket and throwing on your 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 orange back on and, and i was wearing my waders so they're not exactly yeah and it's quite it just we weren't really set up for the whole situation to go down mm-hmm. properly Jamie was getting comfortable for a shot. Yeah, well, I'm a lefty shot. And, and we, yeah. the two right-handed guys had the bank sloped so they could just sit nicely yeah. on it. I couldn't find a spot where if we needed to sit boat. for a while. Yeah. yeah, if we needed to sit for a while, there was nowhere I could really sit comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was just the whole situation was kind of... Amateur hour. It happened. Well, it yeah. happened fast, right? It was yeah. like, holy shit. 
is going down, let's kind of put something together. Because we were just regrouping before yeah. we were heading back down river. And as bad as it sounds, like, we're up here in the north. We That's a conversation we should have had. Yeah. It's like, oh, we were unexpected for it. But we were up here hunting. Like, mm-hmm. we should have been yeah. expecting it yeah. at yeah. any yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah. And it was, like, one of the quietest moments of the trip, yeah. too. So that moose, I guarantee you, was just... Well, he knew exactly where we were. Well, Jimmy has some really good animations about how they use their ears and their paddles as satellites. It's a real good animations going on. Yeah, yeah. My answer to your question ties into Chase's answer in, like, you know, the way we were set up. And um, I feel like when I hunt um, and on a couple trips that I've gone on with you guys, I haven't, it, it, I don't turn the switch on quickly enough of, like, hey, we're here. And now we have to like, we got to think like these animals, we got to be quiet, we got to be still, we got to be all of these things. It's like, I'm a slow starter, I get into the woods and I'm, and I'm like relearning some of these things. And what you learn is like, it's not when you like, okay, I'm got all my gear here, I got it set up, I'm sitting down, I make a call, okay, now I'm ready for the moose to come. It's like, no, the moose will come whenever it wants to come. Mm-hmm. And you got to be ready 100% of the time. You got to be turned, switched on. You got to be quiet. You got to be like constantly vigilant. Really and I fun. felt like in that moment, we weren't, well, I shouldn't speak for all of us, but I would say me, I was like, I wasn't remembering all the things that I needed to know about hunting, which is silence and stillness, especially out here is, is so huge. Mm-hmm. Maybe was, maybe I, less so with moose because <clears throat> because they'll come into a noisy animal, but I think we were making all the wrong noises like moving the boat around. That's a really good point. Like I was one hundred percent not ready for that. Not yeah into that, but you two were because you two heard him. I was not listening at all for a moose <laughs> at that moment, <laughs> but you guys did, and that's awesome. Yeah. Another one of the lessons to answer your first question, Chase. The lesson. And to pile, to add on to what Tristan said is some of the redundancies that you build in. But for me, it'd be even more about preparation, um, making sure the equipment's ready. You know, we've been dealing with this this rotten transom on the back of our canoe, mm-hmm. and today, today not only were we dealing with the the bearing that was getting stripped down, it wouldn't engage. But every time we'd hit a rock for the first half of the trip, um, the motor would bounce up and slowly dislodge itself because mm-hmm. the, there's a rotten transom. and You know, there there were just things like that where it would be... Is that a jab at me? Not at all, no. No, we brought the canoe up, you know? <laughs> and and knowing that we were going to be driving or knowing that I was going to be driving, I should have... Not that I had the opportunity, but the, the lesson that I get from it is that if I plan a trip like this, there's a whole bunch of things now that I'm like, okay... Mm-hmm. For sure. Get the props, get the tools, I get was the thinking repair about that kits, today look at the equipment. Never once in my life have I ever thought about check the transom on yeah. that canoe or check mm-hmm. the transom on the boat. It's just always grab the boat and go. Yeah. Well, the thing was, like, that, yeah, that, that transom, it looked fine. Yeah. Visually. Until he started hammering rocks and it's how many like, How many days did it spend, how, how many years did it spend upside down in the bush without yeah, being for used? Sure. And, then, yeah. and then now. Here we are up here screwing the engine on for the first time in how many years? And uh-oh, that seems pretty soft. Yeah. So we scrambled for a fix. That's same thing, yeah, props, spare props. I never... I did think about spare props, but I didn't have the time from when I got my motor out of storage 
to get a spare prop for it. Yeah. Which I did think about because it, I mean, yeah, I know we were kind of both in a unique situation with the, yeah, with the, um, motor situations because your stuff is in storage and our original plan had gone to shit and we, plan B was. Thanks, Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> getting, uh, getting another motor from one of our friends. Well, can you imagine though if we had that fourteen footer on here with the twenty five on the back or the twenty on the back, we'd have been screwed. Oh yeah, yeah we'd be yeah. props down. We'd be for down sure. to one boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me and Chase would have had a great day today. You guys would be. <laughs> <laughs> would have put a few miles on the tracks. Yeah. And to the second half of your question, you, I mean, you asked, what did we learn? What have we gotten from this? I think I've just, I've really. You know, we haven't been successful hunting moose yet, but I've gotten absolutely everything out of this trip just by taking in, like, the majesty of Mother Nature, you know, the, her her relentless um, strength and beauty and, you know, like, un, unforgiving. We almost got wrapped around rocks ourselves, and... There's a spark on that jacket. No, that's the light for the recorder. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um... <laughs> I just, and then every single like sunrise and sunset and the mist in the morning and like, it's amazing, man. It's beautiful. Blows you away. Chase on the drive up said colors out up north here pop different. And it's, it's, it's so true. The tamaracks glowing golden in the, in the sunset. You could see the peak, the tips of the the trees just lit up like almost like, you know, the star on a Christmas tree and and the sky was on fire today as we were driving back. I'm telling Tristan, like, man, I have so many sunset photos with, like, I have so many photos of your back this trip that he's going to have. Like, just yeah, for sure. Incredible landscapes, you know, the blue and pink and golden sky and the, the golden tamaracks, the green trees and the red and yellow will, yeah. willows and grass. I will so always like, say uh, everything, like you said, colors pop better in the north. Yeah. And there is beautiful sunsets in the south. So I think some of the best are in the fall time, but it's got noise, noise, light pollution. Like you get a beautiful sunset because there's crop dust in the air mm-hmm. or whatever, and they're beautiful. But up here, like Chase said, the colors pop because there is absolutely zero pollution, yeah. and you get the real yeah. colors. And we had all that stuff reflecting off this just a dead calm yeah. river today. Yeah. Like well. you look at the treetops. And you, then you look at the water, and they look exactly the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I came into this trip, and I don't know if I... I think I probably came into this trip thinking that if we don't get a moose, man, that's seven days in the bush. Seven days of holidays that I use. It's like, ugh, that, we really got to get a moose. If we strike out tomorrow, this will still have been the trip of a lifetime. Like, mm-hmm. I've been... I've gotten so much out of this. Well, I mean, honestly, crying. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you met me, so <laughs> ten times better than shooting moose. <laughs> no joke, Dylan. Dylan, you're a good guy, man. I've I've enjoyed getting to know you. I think we're gonna be. Uh... You're my moose, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've uh, we've certainly been blessed with the weather on yeah. this trip. Oh. I gotta say that it's a blessing and a curse too. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Because it's too hot and the moose don't move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll be interested to have shot all our moose on the worst days. Worst of the possible fall. days, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And that's, but that's when the moose move. They don't move when it's hot. They just lay down. Yeah. In the muskeg and try and stay cool. 
Yeah, today would have been a great day to go and call, but I think um, just the way things worked out and, you know, our plan to go down brook trout fishing yesterday, went to shit, and we went for yeah. redemption today. I'm so glad we did. Just mm-hmm. the way, yeah, that's a once-in-a-lifetime ex- experience right there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. If and I also, can you imagine if we had, like, a ideal moose, you know, like the worst weather day possible cold wet rainy miserable when you guys i was gonna say that in half right yeah yeah so much for the drawing rack like we're just like fix the canoe and let's boogie back and you guys would have been miserable yeah and the patch would have probably helped as well yeah yeah it would have been awful yeah so like yeah there's there's been some pros and cons for sure Mm -hmm. yeah to be able to lay on the bank and have naps in the sun. Cut up some salami. <sighs> yeah. We had yeah. brook trout ceviche today. Oh, that was yeah. good. Oh, brook trout ceviche and ribeyes for dinner. Yeah. That mm-hmm. doesn't get much better than that. The ribeyes did make the trip, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> um, What's our game plan for tomorrow, Chase? I think, I don't know. We'll see what the morning brings, but I think uh, maybe do a little tour. You and me head up? Yeah. Maybe you'll drive the boat tomorrow. Sure, yeah, I can try. I'll, I'll lay in the front and relax. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can fuck up the prop any more than I have. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, looking back on, on this trip, I think a couple things that I'll bring for sure is uh, a pair of waders. Yeah. Um, and a jet, I'm so thankful and a jet for those. boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flat bottom 14 aluminum craft with a 40 jet on the back. Yeah. I don't know, I think that's a 16 foot. Yeah. I think either higher water or just, you know, having less damage on the prop would be so yeah. much better just for getting places and and like looking back for me on the trip now, this was a brand new river that we're learning pretty much. And it was a terrible year for us to come out and really learn it because yeah. we destroyed a lot of shit <laughs> we <laughs> survived it all you've seen how good my prop was last year or when we got here yeah and i made last year i made five trips up limestone hmm. and like the water was not that much higher than it is this year yeah but just that little bit and the limestone is a lot more technical because it's a wider river and there is more, like, you sent, you seen that video I sent you? Yeah. With the, my dog in the boat? Yeah. And so that's a bigger set of rapids, wider, and you got to really pick your shoot. And, yeah, barely dinged it. Yeah. And we get here and... Yeah. Oh, man, it's terrible. So, yeah, even just that little bit of water we had last year would make a difference. Even if we had an extra six inches, I think it could be yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this is just a low water year. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. So I nice. wish we had a couple more days up here, but we don't. And uh, yeah, I think the only thing I'd, I would I would add to like what we did was like I wish if we had a couple more days to go call some of these spots that sit you know, there and call. Up. Yeah. Consistently. Put some time in there. Yeah. It would just be sent. Yeah. Like, day two was pretty rushed. We've got to get to that spot. 
Day well, three was yeah, rushed. Yeah, day two, it, it just took so long to get there. We didn't get there until 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going upstream the whole way. So It's also just been, yeah, day three was rushed. We got to get to the brekkie spot yeah. and then boom, whatever XYZ happened. Today was rushed because we got to get to the brekkie spot. Yeah. Like you, we did stop and call at some spots, but you stop and call for five minutes, yeah, and then peace out after yeah. showing up somewhere with two running yeah. motors, exactly running your boats up on the rocks. And that's one thing Jake said is he, he stops and calls, mm-hmm. stops and calls, and he's got his spots. Yeah, but overall, not a bad trip, I think, for the first trip in here. Mm-hmm. Would you guys come back next year? Yep, I think I would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to based on the price point. Well, and uh, more so if I can get the family time away. Yeah, I don't know. Carly's gonna stop believing me that I'm actually a hunter here. I come <laughs> yeah. home with elk very often. And <laughs> I go on this big moose hunting trip that's supposed to be moose heaven. And next year, you want me to just grab like five or six ribeyes and say, "Yeah, you can just." Cut them out of the freezer pack and say, "This is the meat I brought home." Yeah, yeah this is all moose. Is all there's, moose. there's definitely moose around. The the moose habitat around here looks good, and like every time we went ashore, there's yeah. moose tracks. There's a cattle trail paralleling the entire riverbank. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are you guys thinking of the accommodations that we have here? Curious. Five star. This tent's been amazing. We got yeah. this. Yeah. This I wish it were canvas. double walled so it would stay warm all night. But yeah, canvas bell tent. Definitely, I'll give a canvas. bad review on Yelp that they keep the temperature too high in here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This seems to work out pretty well for this. One thing I would figure out for next time would be a drying system because our gear. It's not. It, it, you guys were wet every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were wet yeah. every day. So a little more Tristan's space. Tristan's gone more through two or three pairs of boots. To hang yeah. Stuff. Waders would alleviate a lot of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tristan had a good pair of waders today. Yeah. <laughs> talk, yeah. about, talk about your waders today. Yeah. So I guess when you're in the north, you just have to invent things. So <laughs> I took my rain pants and duct taped or electrical taped them to my muck boots and uh away we went <laughs> it actually held out the water for the first half of the <laughs> of the river system but then the weir got them yeah well unless you guys have anything else to add i think i'm all wrapped up you guys better shoot a moose tomorrow <laughs> yeah. like that. just for anyone that's listening to this if you're gonna do a trip to the north make sure you have things like electrical tape gorilla tape goop goop Knives, a Leatherman, yeah, a basic toolkit, mechanical we, we a backup wire. plan, common sense, we all intelligence. Carry Leathermans on us, and yep. they're all out multiple times <laughs> yeah, yeah. every day. Yeah. Yep, Shout out to sure. Leatherman and their files for helping yep. keep our props functional. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't take much. That's little things, just a little kit, yeah. which to me is common knowledge, but. You know, to a lot of people, that's not common knowledge. Yeah, assume things are going to go wrong and and plan for that. Yeah, over plan. Yeah, things over plan are... and have extingency or contingency places or mm-hmm. plans in place. <clears throat> things that went right though, the the train was really nice and accommodating, <laughs> and we landed up catching just a ton of brook trout. So yeah, yeah, things can go well. We probably caught sixty brookies today. Yeah, and I would say twenty masters. 
Well, at least for sure. <laughs> we didn't measure any of them, so yeah. nobody really knows. No, yeah. I've seen. Like I've caught hundreds. I hundreds believe of you. No, I believe you. Yeah, that's why I, was, I said. I like I can look at a rookie and be like, "Yeah, that's yeah. a master." Yeah, yeah. They, there are. You can look at the tip of my rod and be like, "He's not as big as you think." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good you were right, yeah. but in all fairness, I had him hooked by the fin, so it felt heavy. That second fish you caught was a master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was later on. I was like, "Oh, this one's a cow," and you're like, "No, no, yeah. it's not." <laughs> well, fellas, we'll have to leave them hanging till next year, I guess. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I still have we'll tomorrow confidence offers. with you one tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's a day. Yeah, it's not over till it's over. It's gonna be a dry lake driving a boat in the back shooting the cow. I hope so. A cow? Not a cow. <laughs> Hopefully not a cow. A bull. Alright. That's it for this one. Load the stone up. And that's a wrap for episode 99, folks. Uh, we hope you took something away from that and maybe uh, learned a little lesson and we'll hopefully pack your pack a little bit differently next time you head to camp. With some of the tools that we use out there and uh thanks for listening again if you want to support us support this podcast head over to whatever platform you're listening on give us a rating leave us a comment or just uh you know slide into our dms on instagram say thanks for listening share this with a friend uh, before we leave you though we got some new stuff in the store this week we got some blaze orange hoodies coming down the pipe here so they will be available for purchase this week and uh, perfect timing for getting into the woods for gun season. I'm bumped, man. They, they look sick and I can't, uh, I can't wait to get them in the store and hopefully we get some picks. If you get a blaze horn uh, hoodie and, uh, you know, harvest something, or even if you're just out around in the bush, uh, tag us in that photo. I love seeing that. That's like, if I'm having a hard day at work and I see someone tags us in a, in a panoramic photo and they're wearing some of our gear and they're doing something cool, man. Uh, I don't even get jealous. I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing that stuff too. Chase, can we spill the beans? We kind of left it on a cliffhanger. Um, this podcast, do you think we should keep folks in the dark or, uh, we had one more day on the river. Oh, before, right. Or yeah. Before. So, what do you think? Yeah. What happened? We didn't see a moose. <laughs> no moose. We did, we did not. See, but, I think we had, I don't want to say our best day, but I felt good about the day we put on the water yeah. that day. Yeah. We were able to navigate things with more expertise. I think we knew the river better and uh, we actually got some better calling and locations in and stuff like that. It was, I think, probably one of our more strategic uses of a day. So yeah. even though it wasn't a full day, we got packed up and left. Um, glad to be home, but also wanted to say that I was just truly grateful for the three guys that were in camp with us. Um, or two, if, if I'm counting you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you know, just super awesome. Um, all three guys were super reliable and, uh, knew what they were doing around the camp and, uh, it just, uh, awesome to come back and, you know, share a story with around the fire after too. So yeah, I, I, I loved every minute of it. Um, Minus a few stressful scenarios that hopefully we don't get into again. <laughs> um, but the, the company was um, unparalleled, we'll say. Yeah. No, it, it was a great camp. And I, I 
I hope we can get out there and uh, do it again sometimes. And hopefully the water's a little higher. And uh, since we got things kind of figured out on the landscape up there, I feel like our odds will the odds will be in our favor for uh, finding a moose. Fingers crossed, man. And so that was episode 99. Thanks for listening. We love it so much. Um, the Wayne Gretzky episode. And until next time, our big 100. Make sure you keep your carbs clean. Keep those boots dry. And keep those props intact. I was going to say keep goop in your pack. <laughs> yeah, or goop in the pack, dude. Keep hey, goop in the pack. I, I gooped something on my refrigerator today already when I got home. Uh, that, <laughs> that stuff is the best, I that, swear to God. That's how good it is. We got to talk to Canadian Tire Man. Yeah. Anyways, folks, have a great uh, week, and uh, hopefully we catch you on the water or the woods. Happy Thanksgiving.